Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 213. My name is John and joining me today is Ryan. Hello. Hello there, uh, I think you meant to say. So um, we just recorded like two days ago uh, or something like that, but we're recording again because um, an Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer debuted today on Disney Plus um, and some photographs and text um, in EW. Well, EW.com, and then there's an EW magazine um, to come next week, I think. Yeah, so the the Kenobi thing kicked off today. The the, uh, the Twitter account for the TV show or for the show um, kicked off today as well. Basically, first tweets went out. So yeah, it all started up today. Um, in addition to that, the Disney Investor Day call thing that corporations do happened today as well. Um, and at the end of that is when this trailer uh, debuted and some cursed photo of Tom Hanks playing Pinocchio that I keep seeing popping up on Twitter and places like that. Mm. Not, no, playing Geppetto in a, in a, in a Pinocchio movie. So that mm. should be fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that is why we're recording. All that stuff happened today. If you listen to our last episode, uh, we spent a lot of time discussing the don't say gay bill in florida um and since we did that the bill passed the florida house of representatives uh i believe and so um we're gonna talk a little bit more about that and disney's comments on that today um as part of the investor meeting and then we're going to talk about the um kenobi stuff so ryan why don't you go ahead and uh tackle the the uh investor um, call response to the don't say gay bill. Yeah. So, uh, the, the new Bob, uh, at Disney, Bob Chapik, uh, was, I don't know if he was asked or he just chose to comment on the bill during the investor call. Um, I didn't listen to it or anything. Um, but anyways, he was like, yeah, this thing is really bad. And, they had always, Disney had always opposed the legislation um, despite giving money to the people who were writing the legislation um, and never stopping doing that. Uh, but they always opposed it and uh, they chose to work behind the scenes instead of uh, publicly condemning it. So then it uh, passed and is headed to the desk of um, Governor DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and uh, and then they uh, Chepik said that he opposed it, um, but their behind the scenes efforts were unsuccessful um, in opposing it. But he publicly condemned it. Said he was going to give. They're going to give $5 million to uh, various um, groups, uh, LGBTQ groups, and uh, yeah, and made that statement, publicly condemned it, everything, uh, and then, you know, said that he had been kind of you know, working and having conversations about it. And uh, media reached out to um, Ron 
DeSantis's office and they were like, this is the first time uh, Chapik has talked to us about this. Um, so it seems like there there weren't really any uh, behind the scenes conversations happening. Yeah, well, yeah, um, we sort of like we talked about a lot on the last episode, um, you know, they uh, they clearly were. Oh, how do we put it in Florida? The Disney is donating to all sides. I think the comment, cause you had filled me in on this later in the day via text message. And then I, I saw the full comment from him. Um, it didn't to me really have too many teeth to it or seem very, uh, it, it was a better statement than the one that he had made a couple days ago, but it was still kind of like, well, we were working with partners on both sides of the aisle and you know, we didn't, we didn't, like this bill or we didn't endorse this bill, but you know, we're working with everybody. And I mean, it's, it's like we said the other day, you know, they're donating to Democrats or donating to Republicans or donating to anybody in Florida who will, um, do something for them. So, uh, yeah, it's disingenuous, I suppose. Um, on some level, I don't know, you know, to what degree, but to say like, Oh, we were work, we were working to stop behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, it's like all couched in this like sort of like vague language that you use in corporate statements so that there can be like just barely mean anything or nothing at all, you know, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So um, I don't know. I mean, we, we just kind of talked about all of this via text message like an hour ago, but uh, yeah. I don't I don't really buy uh, the idea. And I don't think you do or probably too many people at this point buy the idea that like, oh, yeah, Disney's really was really working hard to stop this behind the scenes. And it's shucks. It's such a shame that it happened. Uh, I mean, I don't doubt that probably most of the people there don't think the bill is a good idea, don't support it, mm-hmm. you know, personally. But I I also doubt they really did anything to um, stop it. So, yeah. And I mean, there is like the well, I like we kind of talked about on the last episode, like, I mean, the the system is terrible, um, like our political system that where like politicians are bought and sold by corporations like that's terrible uh, for sure. Um, but I think like the there's like this stuff where like the, you know, the who could possibly have done this? I could not imagine that such a thing would happen when we were you know, making our political donations. But like, if you're donating to Trump, Trumpist, Florida Republicans, like, what do you expect to happen? Like, how can you be surprised by this? Like the, oh, I didn't know they would take their like nonstop bigotry to this level. I can't believe they're doing this. I thought it was just going to be a tax break. Like, I don't, I don't know how anyone like now who's donating to like the current Republican party could like not expect this. So it's like, it's even more disingenuous when he's like, well, we donate to everyone and, you know, we never expected this sort of thing and this is not what we paid for and whatever. And it's like, well, I don't know. What did you expect? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Um, if, if they said that, then, yeah, that's naive or they'd have to hope you were naive to believe that they meant that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I, I think I said, you know, kind of the same thing on the last episode, but like, I don't think they, uh, think of it in terms of a values, uh, a contribution or anything like that. I think it's like, 
they're just doing what's best for their bottom line. And then mm-hmm. uh, I do think like the only reason he made the statement he made today is because there was a lot of pressure and uh, pushback mm-hmm. from people, um, which is good, you know, that like there was enough pressure and pushback that that he felt the need to, you know, kind of backpedal. Um, but, you know, it's it's all in response to like criticism. It's not... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and and that and that's obvious. That's evident. It's obvious. It's, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's just like it's it's clearly you know. I mean, I, I yeah. I don't think they're really thinking about what these politicians are going to do outside of what they're going to do for them. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And the you know most corporations I think are politically agnostic, um, and and just donate with you know, they're just thinking of it as a transaction. I'm paying for whatever mm-hmm. I'm going to get back in return. And, um, and I'm sure there is some level of like, well, when you donate to everybody, you're really not, you know, supporting one or the other. You're just playing the game or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess for me, all I can really say about it is that I, I don't really buy whatever they're selling in terms of their argument for what they tried to stop or what they cared about or didn't mm-hmm. care about. I mean, I think t- a couple of days ago, I thought that they were just doing whatever was best for their bottom line. And I still think that that's the case. I think it's good that, that criticism from the public, um, has forced them to make a statement like this. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you know, I think if, if you're publicly saying at, at an investor meeting, like we don't support this bill and, you know, I'm going to meet with the governor and, you know, we're going to try to do whatever we're going to do. Uh, I, I'm not naive enough to think that's going to make a difference at this point, but at the same time, um, I suppose there could be some hope that shit, we just had ag on our face. I had to do this mea culpa at the investor day. Like maybe we better not re- donate to Florida Republicans in the future mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So I guess that's one, um, potential positive outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like, it all just, uh, there's like no, no real other term than just like full of shit. Like it just feels like the most applicable term here. Cause like, I mean, a week ago they were, you know, there was like the let them eat art, uh, comments by him that like, well, you know, just if we'll, we'll make up for it with our, diverse content like that's mm-hmm. that's you know that's how we're gonna save persecuted gay kids is by you know giving them an, an encanto sequel or something like uh and so then it like shifted like oh wait this is people are actually more mad about it <laughs> and that statement made it worse so now we have to like give this other kind of like half-assed measure that's like maybe kind of a lie and like they just keep i don't know it's just it's so disingenuous and it's like so obvious that this is a company that like doesn't actually care about marginalized people unless it's like making them money and that's just a really hard thing to support like yeah i mean i think most giant corporations are problematic to some degree but like they are just like I think it's, I mean, it's partially the PR response to all of this, but it's just, I mean, it's just, it's so gross. Like, this is just, Disney's just so gross. (laughs) 
I don't I don't know. Like it's like how like I'm sitting here like looking at this company. I'm like, wow, they this company makes me like physically ill. Like Bob Chapik is a piece of shit and like he makes me ill to like listen to him and read his statements. Do I really want to keep giving him 10 bucks a month for like a Disney Plus subscription? Do I really want to like keep giving them this money that they're going to give to Florida bigots just because I need content? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel physically sick about that. And that's kind of where I'm at with all this. Um, I don't know. Like, where where do we draw the line on these things? I guess is kind of kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean absolutely. Yeah. Um I I know. I I think like to me I'm not surprised by any of this and um it's like <laughs> Yeah. I mean I I'm 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 uh, certainly outraged about the the law, the bill, I'm, you know, as disgusted by those politicians as I ever was, you know, uh, I guess like, I guess the, um, the, the disingenuous element of it, like if there's a, an attempt here to pretend they were working to fight the bill, because to me, it's like, well, they, I'm just going to end up repeating everything I said, you know, on the last episode, but like, uh, I don't, you know, think the last time they made a contribution to these politicians, they were working on this bill. But even if they were, they probably still would have made them anyways and said to themselves, mm-hmm. like, well, we're not, it's nothing to do with that. We're just, you know, doing what we always do. Um, I just don't think that they care that much about it one way or the other. And yeah, that's gross. Um, I think it's kind of corporate America standard practice. Um, so, you know, I mean, that is what it is. It sucks. Um, but I'm, you know, I think you can probably go to any state or most states, like you go to Texas and find all kinds of corporations that have donated to, you know, the Republicans in Texas and in Colorado where you live, where there's similar bills happening or in the works, right? Like I'm, you know, like this is what happens. Unfortunately, I think it's good that people are holding them accountable or, or putting their feet to the fire, but you know, this is, uh, it's, it's not really surprising to me. And I, I feel like it's, uh, it's good that all this pressure is being put on them right now. Um, and hopefully, you know, they will continue to be forced to like make changes, uh, in this case specifically, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I think what, you know, I guess what I, what I was saying a second ago, though, is that if like they're coming out and lying about it, pretending they were fighting some fight, they weren't like that's an extra layer of gross, you know, um, on top of it. So I guess at least be honest and just, you know, tell the truth. Yeah. And I mean, I think it makes it just extra bad because like the, these are this is a bill that attacks kids and their families and Disney pretends to be this like great family company. And, you know, they have, they just, they pretend to be so like morally superior with like their now profitable diversity and all this stuff in the, in the works they do that. And they have like these pride days at the park and stuff, but like, it's all just to sell people shit. Like, 
Yeah, right. But I mean, that's how, <laughs> that's the corporate America, like that is the absolute like standard practice. You know what I mean? Everybody puts a, a pride flag on their logo, um, mm-hmm. you know, and celebrates all these things. And it, whether it's supporting workers' rights or it's, you know, gay rights or, you know, whatever it is. Women's I mean, it's all, Day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. International yeah, I mean, it's, Yep. It's all bullshit, you know, yeah. the majority of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, you know, if we were, if we were on a, you know, if this was like a Kellogg's podcast or something where we, where we rate cereal or something like, I think, you know, we'd probably be like having this conversation about them and like, yeah, it is like the normalized thing for, corporate America, but like that still doesn't make it like excusable. Like even if it is the norm, like Mm -hmm. I think we can still, you know, and you know, it's the normalized thing for politicians. It's normalized thing for corporations. But like, I think when it's still like in our sort of wheelhouse, I still think it's like worth calling out and, you know, deciding like where, you know, there's like cancel culture is not a real thing. Like no one who has been like, quote unquote, canceled has, is actually gone. They're like more popular than ever or at the same place. But I think, you know, people can make decisions individually if, you know, if where they want their money to go, like and what they what they want to support. And I think you just have to kind of like follow your gut and follow your heart. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to rationalize um, kind of supporting things that are shitty. And I think the easiest way is to just be like, well, everything's shitty. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. And, but like, I don't know. I think this, this in particular just has really, really felt gross to me the past few days. And I think, you know, today just made it even worse. So yeah, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at with it. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hard to like, look at this, like, you know, maybe it's a distraction, maybe it's not uh brand new, uh, you know, Star Wars trailer that happened today. But um I'm going to I'm going to try to try to look at it objectively um despite uh my uh, disgust for the parent company.
So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about some of the stuff from the Entertainment Weekly um, magazine. I think just sort of as we talk about the trailer, um, and uh, and and kind of filter that into the discussion because the trailer is sort of the main event. I mean, I was pretty excited uh, seeing the photos and and just mm-hmm. kind of like getting some character names and learning stuff um, from the Entertainment Weekly. Um, you know, little sort of post that went up today. I'm sure there'll be some good stuff in the magazine uh, next week when that launches as well. But obviously like later in the day when the trailer came out, that was uh, for me anyway, um, a a considerably bigger deal. And uh, I've been waiting a really long time to see footage of Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi and to see kind of what the show uh, was going to be like, what it would feel like, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, after watching the trailer, I I think most of it looks really really good. I think the the show looks really really good. I think all of it looks really really good. There's like one character who I need to uh, maybe get adjusted to, or two characters maybe I need to <laughs> I need to get uh, acclimated to a little bit and see more on screen before I uh, know how to feel about that. But um, overall, I enjoyed the trailer uh, quite a bit. So, um, you have any uh? overall thoughts before we get into some of the details um i mean i think the most kind of the most obvious thing is like how much of like of just a from a visual and production standpoint how much of a glow up it is from book of boba fett which um you know had some uh some lovely scenes and a couple decent episodes but generally was not what i would consider a great looking show um, for, you know, the, for being like a major, like franchise television, big budget blockbuster, whatever thing, um, you know, it had a lot of like cheap digital looking, um, aspects to it, um, across the board. And I think this feels just more rich um i don't really know how else to say it it just feels more cinematic and textured um in just the look of it um whereas like so much of boba fett just looked like small scale and um kind of not um not really filled in um completely and just extremely digital where this looked um more filmic um i think I think across the board, I think there's like, as you were kind of alluding to, I think there's some, uh, some characters that are kind of a, kind of a wash, um, that are a little, a little chintzy looking. Um, but I think like for me, it was just like the richness of the, the settings and, um, you know, all that, that were just, it felt like, oh yeah, this is what's, star wars tv with a giant budget should look like yeah 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 for sure the fight is done we lost stay hidden The key to 
hunting Jedi. This patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Where is he? Um, okay, so well, we'll go through the trailer kind of bit by bit here. Um, I cut out or well transcribed, I guess, the the um, narration because I thought you know obviously it's visually there's a lot we can talk about, but uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the the, the narration, um, that's going to be key to kind of the 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 larger idea the trailer is communicating. And uh, the first line is of course from. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself and it is the fight is done we lost um and you know that coupled with this comment from um this uh from from the EW um post uh, from Ewan McGregor says we find Obi-Wan at the beginning of our story rather broken and faithless and beaten and somewhat given up so a bit of a down um mm-hmm. a down opening there uh but I I really responded to that because it was like, sort of like, okay, well, this is what, this is where we last saw Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like they lost, right? Like he had to run away. Yoda had to run away. He failed with Anakin. And so that's like where things left off or ended. And so it's where we pick it up here in this trailer. Um, I think obviously that, that line I'm assuming anyways is in reference to um, revenge of the Sith. And in that era, the fight is done. We lost. So, um, you know, that's where we pick up, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think the idea of, I mean, we keep doing this with star Wars heroes, I guess. Um, when we come back to them, they're a little, they've lost their faith. They're a little beaten down and, uh, you know, that's how we get to watch them rise again, I suppose. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to see, uh, at least to a certain extent in, uh, in the Kenobi show. But, um, yeah, certainly a striking, you know, kind of opening line there and, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see. Cause like some of the photos too, from EW are like, one of them is him in a cave, um, in a blue mm-hmm. cave. And there's like a little mm-hmm. cot. I don't know if you noticed, there's like a little cotton pillow there behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the, the blurb on EW makes it seem like that's where he lives. Um, so rather than having the hut that we, we associate with him from a new hope, um, apparently he's like, living in this cave uh, maybe at the start of the story. So that's, that's a pretty down and out. Um, if that's true, that's, if that's accurate, mm-hmm. that's a pretty down and out version of, uh, of old, uh, Obi-Wan there. Yeah. And I think like, for me, like this, this beginning, um, was just really, really strong. The beginning of the trailer. And I mean, like, I don't know, like I was going into it extremely conflicted. Like, you know, we saw the, we saw the, screens earlier the photos earlier in the day and we're like it's like yeah wow these 
this looks really good. This looks really like classy and chill. Um, and, uh, just kind of, kind of beautiful. And, um, and then, you know, there's just all this, you know, just all the Disney garbage, um, that's happening. And so, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, gonna watch this trailer now. And like, not, uh, not feeling, not feeling super great. Not like the most pumped I've ever been to be a Star Wars fan for sure. Uh, and, you know, started the trailer up and then like, that vibe at the beginning was just like, it was so good. And I was like, wow, they're actually like, this is kind of, and you know, we had, we've gone through these cycles with this show, like, oh, this is just going, this is going to be like a really chill and reflective Obi-Wan. And people are like, that sounds terrible. And some people are like, hey, that actually sounds really good. Like, you know, have hanging out in a, in a cave, talking to Qui-Gon, like that's, that's that sounds like good shit to me and then you know then they come out and they're like the lightsaber fight to the century and it's like oh okay well (laughs) cool we're doing that now uh or the rematch of the century um whatever that was and so then like it started and i was like oh this actually is like really really classy and kind of kind of quiet and reflective and you know it the you know, the we lost part like gave me real like last Jedi trailer vibes. Like it's time for the Jedi to end like that kind of mood. And I was like, I was really, really feeling it. And then things were kind of up and down from there, I think Hmm. for me. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of like beautiful uh, sort of desert landscape uh, photography and uh, long shots and establishing shots and stuff mm-hmm. in the in the opening few moments there. And it does look really good. Um, then the next thing I think we get for the most part, like after some of those shots is um, uh, Obi-Wan using the, uh, what do you call the binoculars in Star Binox. Wars? Uh, Binox. Okay. Is that what they are? I don't know. I don't know. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like very close to... Um, the real world equivalent. But anyways, he's using those to watch uh, young Luke Skywalker on the Lars homestead. So, um, uh, Ryan, I'll, I'll uh, throw it to you in just a second to hear what you uh, thought about that. Although I, I feel like I can anticipate your um, feelings mm-hmm. regarding that. Um, I thought it was, uh, uh, I, I liked it. I like the fact that they got it out of the way, almost like in the opening mm-hmm. of the trailer, like, yes, baby Luke's going to be in the show, you know, like they just straight up showed us that in the first trailer. So I, I appreciated that part. Um, but also it's already a meme, which I think is hilarious. Like the, I don't know if you've seen that online yet or not, but cause there's the, the shot of Obi-Wan. Holding oh yeah. The <laughs> I've seen like 50 of them today. Yeah. <laughs> goggles cut to uh-huh. whatever image you want to insert. And then yep. goggles to him having or cut back to him holding the goggles down. It's a pretty mm-hmm. fun meme. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing young Luke Skywalker in the show. Um, but I know you're not. So, uh, wh- 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 how do you feel about this, Ryan? <laughs> um, no, it's fine. You're right. Like, it's like, we got it out of the way. Like it doesn't need to be like end of episode one surprise reveal that or whatever, like, um, and you know they they did like the parallel to Anakin and yeah, the pod racer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, like it it would be. 
I don't think it's like as gratuitous as like deep fake Luke or anything like that, because this is something that like that is literally the story. Like it's, it's his whole Obi-Wan reason for being on Tatooine. Yeah. Looking at Luke Skywalker is like the story. Um, so yeah, it did. It doesn't. It doesn't really like feel egregious or anything. But it's not something that I'm like, holy shit, and like fist pumping. Like if I didn't, if I had a a reaction video, I would not be making wacky, insanely shocked reaction face. Yeah, that's why you don't have a reaction channel, but um, you no. know, like because <laughs> you have to do that no matter what. Yeah. Um, no, no I mean deadpan. My face. I I, I will say that I would I would love it if that's shots like that are all we get of him. You know, like yes. I I think that would be restrained and that would be pretty mm-hmm. you know a cool way to do it. Like you know we see him from afar and I think Obi Wan's whole like purpose obviously um is to keep him safe. I know that's his his purpose on Tatooine, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is the right time to talk about it or not, but like one of my favorite things about this trailer, and I tweeted something to this effect earlier today is that like, it makes me tense and the music and, and I I feel like if there's like a theme running through this or like a, a, not a theme, but like an impression that it gives me, it's like tension and fear and like danger, you know, and Mm. we see probably more inquisitors than we do, you know, Obi-Wan and, it really is to me what I took away from the trailer besides like, Oh my God, there's Ewan McGregor and he's beautiful and he's Obi-Wan again is Mm -hmm. like, there's a real threat here and the show is going to be about him dealing with that threat. And so, you know, uh, I think it would be great if the show, uh, you know, features Luke Skywalker from afar and we never get any closer to him than that because also because Obi-Wan never lets anybody get closer to him than that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but I, I feel like it would make the most sense to me. We'll see what happens, but I feel like it would make the most sense to me if like the Inquisitors and Vader never find out about Luke, you know, and none of the people that are a threat to him never find out about him. So that's the closest we get. You know what I mean? I would love that. I don't know if it's going to go that way, but I would love that. I mean, that's gotta be the way it goes. Like, <laughs> cause like if, well, it's got to be the way. It, well, yeah, I would agree. It's got to be the way it goes with with Vader and and the Inquisitors and stuff. But that yeah. doesn't mean they couldn't give us the audience like access to Luke. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think the the further the better. It needs to be. You know. Well, I I don't know what it needs to be. I think they need to be careful with that stuff, though. Um. To you know, because it's still it's still got to line up with the New Hope. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next line from, from uh, Obi-Wan in the narration is stay hidden. So uh, that's mm-hmm. obviously appropriate. Uh, from there, it cuts to um, the Lucasfilm logo uh, and it kind of like gets blown away as sand sort of. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I think the most they did for Book of Boba Fett was like make the logo in like Boba Fett colors and camouflage and stuff. So Right there, it's already up in the <laughs> up in the budget and the effort level in terms of how the logo is being presented. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're um, using the full version of Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Adobe After Effects. Uh, right, right, right. And then but, also, as this is happening, dual some music fates. starts playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dual Fates, um, which I popped. You know, um, I was I was into that. How about you? Um, you know. <sighs> 
it takes a, a lot to get me to pop with a Star Wars music cue these days. Like just because like I spent um you know for my for my other other Twitter account I post about like, I post CRT videos of like old video games and you know I spent um a bunch of time recently with the god awful PS1 Phantom Menace tie-in game uh just what i mean okay there's it's like has some redeeming qualities but like it's also just like it's such a hot mess and like that that game is like just non-stop duel the fates and so like you know i think just like like it's it's a killer tune um but like it's you know its existence alone is not enough to excite me I'll, you know, I'll I'll say something that is very controversial for me and my uh, personal Star Wars brand. I don't think Duel of the Fates is used very well in Attack of the Clones. Wow, uh, that that is uh, that is controversial and uh, mm-hmm. runs runs uh, in opposition to your standard brand. That's true. Although I think I agree with you though, because don't they kind of like just jump to it all the time? Like anytime it feels like they need a cue it's like yeah a variation like, on duel of face they they i think like the the worst is like him going to like kill tuscans mm-hmm. and they're like playing it and it's like that is not that doesn't like line up with uh you know how duel what duel of the fates is in the phantom menace yeah like it's that's not a duel of the fates <laughs> It's it's not a duel. It's 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 a massacre. Like and it's I don't know. And it's like him on like it's it's him riding a bike and like I don't know. It like it really it. I I felt like that was the that kind of cheapened that because that was that was probably my favorite song in the world for like <laughs> for like two years. Like when it was my, on uh, TLR and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh Total Request Live. Um I have the yeah, t shirt. Right. I have right. uh the Talking Bay ninety four t shirt um yeah, yeah. for it. I used to, you know, uh crank that during study hall when it would come on and like uh we had MTV playing in our study hall for some reason. Um high school man, uh in the nineties, in the late nineties. But um, you know, and it was like I I bought the cd i would i would like listen to it like i listened to my favorite bands in that era and it would like get me pumped and like if i was working out at that time i would have had it on my workout playlist um but you know and then i think after um you know after attack of the clones it lost a lot of luster and then it was just kind of like it was kind of just used haphazardly and a lot of like not great uh you know, even before Attack of the Clones, the, the, a lot of not great uh, Star Wars media. And uh, so, yeah, basically, long story short, like it's going to take more than Attack of the Clones to or to do all the fates, fates. To, to pop me um, okay. when it comes to Star Wars music. Yeah. OK. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, so yeah, there... Car- Colin Trevorrow's title for episode nine also didn't pop me no. like that wasn't uh <laughs> let me be clear about that yeah yeah no that's some message board uh you know like quickly 
thrown together, you know, whatever, uh, level of inspiration for the title for, uh, his version of episode nine, which I hated, but, um, that's just my, that's just my opinion on that. I, I really hated that script. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, uh, let's talk about the Grand Inquisitor, who uh, is the next kind of big reveal in the trailer. Um, this has been going around like it was. I was not seeking out spoilers, but this is something that was had been talked about for quite some time, and I kind of knew there would be a Grand Inquisitor or the Grand mm-hmm. Inquisitor would be in the show uh, and Inquisitors. Were you pretty much aware of that at this point, too, Ryan, or before? Before I don't know if I was or not, but like I wasn't surprised. Yeah. And I think like it just kind of, you know, it kind of makes sense in this era because we, you know, we got him in Rebels and we got him in Jedi Fallen Order. So Mm -hmm. like it just kind of kind of makes. Yeah, it does. And there needs to be a threat, you know, so like um, Mm -hmm. and but we don't want it to be Darth Vader the entire time, um, obviously. So I think it it makes sense. Um, Yeah, I I, I really I definitely want to see him um, like in a full scene and, you know, spend an episode with him and, you know, figure out how I feel about the look because it was definitely off putting initially, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how I would have felt about it. Like if I had never seen him as an animated character, maybe I'd feel differently, but seeing him pop up this way is like, Oh, this is weird. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't love the look. Um, it, it, it looks kind of strange. Um, I know I texted you earlier, like the image of Tian Maidan from Revenge of the Sith, who's also a Powin character. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy looks cool and creepy. And uh, I don't know, the uh, the Grand Inquisitor here looks kind of bulky and uh, kind of like an action figure or something. I, I'm not sure. It's uh, It just looks a little strange, um, at least initially. So hoping it will, uh, it'll feel more natural, you know, in the context of the show. But uh it's a little goofy looking um, as it is uh, presented here. And I have to think like, had he not been a cartoon character first, I think the design would be probably different. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, that makes, I don't know that, that, that makes me wonder if uh, just directly translating the look from the cartoon to the live action show is the best approach. I agree. Um, I think the, I, that's kind of, kind of where, um, I don't know, but there's it's 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 literally hit or miss. Like, I feel like it's been like hit, miss, hit, miss with all of these, because I think like Bo-Katan looks great in in um, live action. I still think Ahsoka Tano looks weird Mm. in live action. Um, Still not still just doesn't look or feel right to me. Um, I thought Cad Bane looked great. Yeah. In live action. Like Cad Bane was like one of the best looking anything from Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this looks really bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's I don't know. It, It looks like a yeah, he looks like like king diamond or something like it's like it's like like really bad like 80s metal face paint that's like just not yeah yeah doesn't look good yeah no i could i could see that i could see that um yeah so i don't know we'll have to see how it how it shakes out and and i'm assuming that's the fifth brother 
um, there in the background and he's, uh, you see him walking with the stormtroopers later on. I think that's who that's supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, that looks a little strange too. Um, maybe a little better than the grand inquisitor, but it doesn't have as much, um, doesn't have as much lifting to do either in terms of, you know, looking good and me caring as much about it, I guess, uh, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but, uh, I like the dialogue from the grand inquisitor. He says the key to hunting Jedi is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. And then he goes on to say the Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. And then also where is he? So, um, yeah, I mean, I assume this is all about Obi-Wan and, you know, um, the Jedi in, in question is Obi-Wan. And, uh, you know, I love the idea that Obi-Wan's compassion is seen by the Inquisitor as a, as a flaw and, uh, something to exploit. And, um, I can imagine there are, uh, you know, multiple ways that's going to kind of develop and shake out. But, uh, um, there's some, there's some imagery, some pretty heavy imagery, like in this section of the trailer that, Mm. uh, that kind of lines up with this, you know, in terms of ideas, there's the, there's the image of the feet swinging there. Um, yeah, like would, a, like a lynching. Yeah. So that was pretty shocking to see those feet, you know, swinging there. Um, and then there's also, um, in that sequence or that, that portion of the trailer, there's footage of, um, this new inquisitor, uh, who I believe is named Riva, um, played by Moses Ingram, uh, like staring down, um, a group of people, including Uncle Owen, and him having a concerned uh, look on his face. This is one of the moments where I felt like, ooh, okay, I feel pretty tense here because, you know, is she like basically threatening this large group of people and saying, like, we know there's something or someone here, there's some kind of, you know, valuable, some, someone's being hidden, whatever. Um, and Uncle Owen has to kind of like keep it cool and, you know, not break in that moment or whatever. Like, that's pretty. That's pretty compelling. Yeah, it's uh, definitely echoes of the uh, basically same exact scene in Jedi Fallen Order where. Oh, um, in the beginning, the opening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's literally an Inquisitor being like, where is probably being like, where's the Jedi? And um, yeah. And like Uncle Owen in the place of Cal's friend right i mean that is the inquisitor's whole you know reason for existing though is to be like where's the jedi so to inquisit to inquisit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but uh but yeah i mean overall i think that's uh that's that's pretty tense and and uh you know like i I, certainly we've talked about this before but i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the relationship between obi-wan and uh and, and Uncle Owen, you know, since it's a little tense, obviously, um, when we get to the original trilogy. So um, mm-hmm. it, should, it should be pretty interesting to explore that a little bit. Um, on the note of Uncle Owen, Deborah Chow, uh, there's there's a comment um, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the EW article. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you, George, for casting Joel Edgerton as Uncle Owen. That's all I can say uh, from Deborah Chow. So sounds like he um he killed it as far as uh his his performance in the show which is not surprising not surprising at all yeah and i think like i don't know like i i go back and forth with this kind of stuff like a show like obi-wan um to begin with where it's like 
you know, something I've complained about a thousand times on this show is like, do we really need every moment of every Star Wars character's lives filled in? Um, and I think in in some cases, like, we don't need this show. Like, we can we can still watch, you know, Revenge of the Sith and then put on A New Hope and, like, be fine and like you know fill in those gaps on our own like this is not like essential storytelling um but i think what does kind of intrigue me excite me about this show is kind of what you were talking about earlier is like how where does this falling out like i where does this like grand error happen that causes obi-wan to go from like you know just kind of like hanging out watch watching over the ridge um seeing you know being in probably being in contact with owen and baru and then to this point where like we get to a new hope and like owen's like yeah, we don't we don't talk about that guy mm. like kind of thing. And like and Obi-Wan's like, uh, crap, I need to t- I need to actually interact with Luke at this point, like how, you know, and obviously <laughs> it's it's a challenge because, you know, when that uh, when A New Hope was released in 1977, this was not part of the whole thing. Uh, this was not part of George's plan. Um, I mean, you know, to some degree the prequels were, um, but not in their final form. Um, and so, you know, I think it's going to take some uh, really good storytelling to make that work. And I think that's like a really interesting challenge for, this show to have i think so too but i but i also think it's it's um it's pretty it could be pretty straightforward because uh you know we see plenty of danger in this trailer and we know that you know we said i I keep saying anyways at least like his whole purpose for being on tatooine is to protect uh you know luke um well, Owen is raising Luke, and I'm sure he views a large part of his reason for being to keep Luke safe also. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine it would be pretty easy to, or I shouldn't say easy, but it's a pretty straightforward story to tell that, um, you know, Obi-Wan believes that Luke needs to become a Jedi because he's, you know, the new hope and he's going to be the chosen one and all that stuff. And uh, and and Owen believes no, we need to like not ever tell Luke that he comes from the Jedi and that he could be a Jedi and we need to keep him safe and keeping him safe means him being a moisture farmer on Tatooine mm-hmm. and not him picking up a lightsaber and going off to save the galaxy, you know? So, I mean, right there, that, that could be enough. And, and seeing him facing down an inquisitor and knowing like if that inquisitor knew that Luke was there, Luke is done. Like, I mean, right there, I would think that's enough reason for Obi-Wan and, and, uh, or for enough reason for Ben to, really have serious problems with Obi-Wan because as much as Obi-Wan is there to keep Luke safe, Obi-Wan is also there to keep him safe so he can become the next great hero who will challenge the empire. And, uh, I can certainly empathize with, with, um, uh, 
with Owen being like, no, thanks. That's not what I want my son, you know, my, my son or, you know, my, mm-hmm. my family to do. Yeah, no, that's a good way to, that's a good way to put it like that. Actually that fits and feels, um, feels pretty good if they kind of go down like a similar path to, to that. Yeah, that could, yeah. that could work. Yeah. And I'm sure something else that feels good to you, Owen, uh, Owen, <laughs> something that feels good to you, Ryan, is uh, this comment um, from Moses Ingram about the villainous trio of Riva, the Grand Inquisitor, and Darth Vader. Uh, she says they share a common dark side goal. They're on the same team. Um, so I would imagine you're you're looking forward to some scenes between <laughs> between those three characters. I don't know what you're what that that felt like a loaded question what yeah I I think I just like always assume that like when it's um a character like Darth Vader you know coming back like you're not really thrilled about it so um the idea of these new characters you know kind of I mean we know Obi-Wan and Darth (laughs) and uh and Darth Vader are going to have a showdown but you know um I guess the comment sort of indicates a larger presence maybe for Darth Vader in the show I mean, I, you I may think want. we kind of we kind of knew that. I'd already kind of resigned myself oh, okay. to that, and uh, you know, I can tell you an, another thing I didn't pop for uh, mm. is the Vader breathing at the end. Uh, well, we haven't gotten there yet. I know, but I'm just I'm just saying, uh, like it's it's these things that like <laughs> you know. Well, I know I'm glad I've... that you and I weren't together in the movie theater in 1999 when we sat through the credits at the end of uh, the Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? And you would have gotten very grumpy about Darth Vader breathing at the end of the trailer, like, or the end of the the credits. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was a a trick that worked over 20 years ago. And <laughs> now we've gone back to that well 6,000 times in the, uh-huh. in the interim. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, did I pop for the breathing? Yes. But is it a little bit... Uh, uh, has it lost a little bit of its power considering it's it's not exactly a, a novel concept at this point? Sure. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, but let's talk about Riva. Riva, uh, I mm-hmm. think one of the coolest parts of the trailer oh, in terms of yeah. new things. Like the look looks great. Looks mm-hmm. um, where the Grand Inquisitor and the Fifth Brother look a little bit like corny. Um, like it doesn't quite fit into the otherwise more subdued look of this show they look mm-hmm. like they kind of stand out a little bit at least in this trailer um her character fits right in and in you know just looks great and uh cool design and uh yeah feels feels like a great a great villain i yeah i don't i've been trying to figure out like because i was i was looking at those um you know those those pictures um from the ew um article earlier and I don't understand why, but her outfit just looks so cool to me. Hmm. I, and I really like don't even know what it is about it because it's just like it's just like black leather. Um, but I think there's like, I don't know. It's just it's so textured and like layered um, that I don't know. It might be just like the red glowing button too. I, yeah. I feel like that's a real good red glowing button. On there. Yeah. One of the best red glowing buttons, maybe. Mm-hmm. It okay. really kind of just ties the outfit together. Mm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just, it looks, it looks cool and it's not like ridiculous and over the top. Like 
it just just looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to uh to you know learning more about her and and kind of seeing more uh of her in the show. Um we get to see her sweet like inquisitor ship. I don't know what you call the inquisitor ship. Maybe there's a name for those, but uh and that looks pretty sweet too. And then a lot of the a lot of the shots um in the rest of the trailer here um are kind of set on this planet which we know from EU is called Dayu, um, I believe. And uh it's described as having uh kind of a Hong Kong feel to it. It's got a graffiti ridden nightlife and is kind of edgy. It's just got a different lane and different feeling. This is from the writer and producer Joby Harold, who um wrote all the scripts and is uh, one of the producers of the show. So, uh, yeah, I think it looks really cool. To me, it's like a mix of like Blade Runner and uh, uh, Coruscant uh, and Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. in the opening sequence. It's really, really cool looking. It's one of those things that we initially didn't really expect, um, you know, in this show. And then, like, as we saw, like, kind of the scope expand, we're like, oh, wow, like, because I mean, initially, like the the thought was like, well, Obi Obi Wan can't leave Tatooine, like he can't he can't mm-hmm. go he can't leave like his his weird hill, like he you know it's literally the hill he has to die on, um, but yeah, but then it's like no, he's he's going on an adventure, uh, and so we're like okay, there's going to be other locales, and uh, yeah, this place in particular looks really good mm-hmm. really good yeah. yeah 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 and it's cool too i mean i i don't have an issue with the show being on tatooine at least part of it i mean mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be it's obi-wan um but uh i'm also excited that it will go other places and uh and the places it's going to go seem you know to have scale and uh in you know um inspired art design and just Mm -hmm. will feel big and uh, exciting. So I'm yeah, definitely looking forward to that. There's a sequence that follows where Obi-Wan is walking down one of these like alleys or streets on this uh, planet Dayu. And um, there is what appears to be a different inquisitor um, kind of following him, you know? Um, So I'm not sure which, inquisitor this is but she's got one of those uh helicopter lightsabers on the back on her back and uh has the red button as well so she's definitely one of the inquisitors um and uh you know that's kind of cool obi-wan's got the the hood over he's got the you know the you and jesus obi-wan look (laughs) the hood over his head and everything and um yeah they're they're staring each other down walking down the street you know it looks pretty cool then there's some kind of like uh, I should probably know what kind of droid this is. Maybe it's not a new design. I'm not sure, but some kind of a uh, big, big, tough looking droid um, shown with a stormtrooper there as well. So it looks like things could get a little spicy, a little dicey there. Um, and then as we move towards the end of the trailer, um, there's uh, yeah, just more footage of inquisitors. Um, we get a shot of the grand inquisitor um, doing the kind of like, helicopter lightsaber thing i mean not over his head like flying away but doing the thing where his lightsaber spins around like it did in rebels um on that circular hilt uh and i don't know why but like he looks to me so much like dracula from my favorite movie the monster squad um like the actor's face it it looks very i got big dracula vibes which i mean it's really not a bad thing i love 
Dracula in I Love the Monster Squad. And I love the way he looks in it, but um, mm-hmm. it was just like, it was really striking. It was almost like deja vu. I was like, I've seen this guy before. Um, it's not him, obviously, but uh, yeah. 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 I don't, don't love the, the helicopter lightsaber thing. Um, I mean, at least he doesn't fly with it. Well, yeah. I mean, he could in the show. Yeah. We, yeah. He could. <laughs> yeah. That's something that could happen. Um, but uh doesn't happen here. I still I don't think it I don't think it looks good. I don't think generally I don't think spinning lightsabers look great uh in in that in that way. Um Who knew you were gonna officially come out against uh neat tricks tonight, man? You know? You don't even like neat tricks like spinning. Mm. Mm. Um no, I, I think, I think, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really cool in Rebels, um, you know, when the Grand Inquisitor would hold that hilt in the middle and the thing would spin and it was pretty intimidating. And I actually think, I think it looks fine here. You know, his head is a little strange looking. Um, but again, I'm hoping I'll get used to that. But I don't, I don't mind that, uh, that spinning lightsaber move there. The can of ca- camera closes in as it's spinning and he's looking pretty intimidating. Goofy, but intimidating. So, um, yeah yeah i mean i still like to me like i still think of lightsabers as like samurai swords mm. and you know i think of the the kurosawa influence and like that's just that's kind of kind of my lightsaber uh mm-hmm. you know that's kind of what uh what i go for so some of the like the more ridiculous stuff we've gotten in the in you know, I mean, basically through the EU, th- through the Disney era, like some of the kind of escalating stuff. I think like I, I kind of draw the line at like Darth Maul's saber. And then it's like, OK, don't don't really take it any further than that, even though yeah. like I, I like I like Kylo Ren's saber because I think that like serves a good story purpose and make it like looks cool in a different way. But like s- I gotta, I gotta say, like some of the some of the stuff in High Republic, like I like High Republic, but when we're getting to like the whip sabers and like the super foldy things and yeah. all of that, it's like no, thank you. Like no, I totally yeah. agree, totally agree. Yeah, and you know I like Episode Nine, but uh, when we get to the like the dark ray thing like the foldable lightsaber or whatever. Yep. That's like even a bridge too far for me. so, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see, um, what, uh, level they take it to, uh, yeah. in the show here. I will say the shot of, um, the fifth brother. I think that's the fifth brother. Um, that shot of him, there's a shot of him walking down the street of Dayu with like a, a squad of stormtroopers behind him. Uh, maybe, maybe intentionally evocative of Anakin and the stormtroopers, um, marching on the temple in, uh, mm-hmm. revenge of the Sith or maybe not, but probably, um, I think this is really intriguing. There's a shot here, um, almost towards the end of like a wooden, like wood paneling. I don't know if it's a ceiling or a wall or a door or what, when there's like carvings on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody, you know, putting their hand on it. I don't know if that's like an inquisitor using the force to determine something about who was there or what, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the carving thing, it's like almost like handwriting in star Wars, you know, you don't see it too much necessarily. So yeah. it has a very like human or, um, yeah, I don't know, kind of natural sort of feel to it. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, pretty much done uh, with the trailer. There's a, a shot of Obi-Wan like in a, in a shootout on top of uh, some buildings, a uh, rooftop shootout. And then there's a shot of some green bird creatures um, coming up from a, from a vent or something. At first, I was like, wait, is this some kind of convore stuff? Is this like, you know, you remember the convores, the like bird owl oh, yeah. thing from... From the, the Felonyverse? Felony thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's what that is. I don't think there's anything um, significant about that unless you know more than I do on that, Ryan. Uh, I don't know anything. It's probably nothing. <laughs> In general. It's probably, it's probably some green space birds, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then, like, kind of the, the last thing that I've made note of, you know, besides Vader's breathing, are just the final, uh, the final text, the titles, uh, Between Darkness and Defeat is Hope hope survives. So, um, that's cool. You know, uh, anytime I see the word hope in star Wars, it is evocative of Luke Skywalker. Um, and we know he does make it through Kenobi. He does survive. Um, but also, you know, with the trailer opening up with, with Obi-Wan being so kind of like defeated and like we lost, you know, whatever, you know, to kind of close the trailer on, on, uh, you know, an emphasis on hope or uh, whatever is it's it's a bit of a journey the trailer takes, I suppose, in terms of the messaging there. So I think it's that's a, a good thing. A, a Rogue One journey. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, been yeah. here before. Yeah. Well, it's one of the uh, it's one of the it's it's one of the, the themes, the messages, the big ideas that's you know, usually going to be there in Star Wars somewhere at the concept of hope. So, yeah, um, I think it's just, you know, it's the the hope before a new hope um, that that time period, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of how Revenge of the Sith ends. <laughs> and then, like, we do it. We do it again. in uh, you know, in Rogue One and uh, we do it again in this trailer. But I don't think that's how. I I don't think that's how this show is going to end. I think, I think this, this show's going to, you know, it can, it can afford to end. I think a little with a little more challenge for, for the viewer. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't think we need to be like uplifted by the end of this, this show. Cause we, we know what's coming next. And I think yeah. it, it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll, well survive. Right, right, right. I mean, I think, uh, assuming, guessing, that the primary conflict is going to be making sure Luke is safe, carrying out that mission, and mm-hmm. uh, eliminating whatever threat uh, there is to Luke, uh, at least, you know, for the time being, would be the resolution to the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think, as you were saying, there's there's plenty of ways to do that without making it be like, the metal ceremony at the end of star Wars, you know, like where it's like yeah. everything's gravy and uplifting and you know, whatever. So, um, it, that can be almost a bittersweet sort of thing. You know, it's like, okay, well, yes, yeah. the, we've eliminated these inquisitors or, you know, Vader came close to finding out that Luke is here on Tatooine, but he didn't figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> hopefully it doesn't end like the final episode of book of Boba Fett where they do like a full house style, like high fives in the street and like, uh-huh. isn't everything great now? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. We probably don't have to get that posse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think we need the, the equivalent of like CG Leia. At right. The no, no, of, no. 
Rogue One. I think I think it can be bittersweet because it's going to be fine. <laughs> we yeah. know it's coming. And uh, yeah. I mean, maybe something more akin to the ending of Revenge of the Sith, which is fairly bittersweet, right? I mean, it's like Obi-Wan it standing there and looking at the twin sons and, you know, but, but uh, a lot of darkness there still. So yeah, probably mm-hmm. something closer mm-hmm. to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's that's kind of our, our breakdown of the trailer, I think. We do get the Vader breathing at the end, but we already commented on that, right? Um, I think it's good, though, to put that in there uh, because, you know, it, they, I'm glad. I'm you know, definitely glad they didn't show Darth Vader in this trailer. But at the same time, like, there's plenty of people that don't pay attention to, like, the comments Kathleen Kennedy makes in the press or whatever, right? Or even the press release in which she calls mm-hmm. it the the face off of the century or whatever. And uh, I'm sure there are plenty of, of just more kind of casual or general star Wars fans who, um, definitely saw this trailer today. And, uh, you know, the Vader breathing at the end is, a, I think a good way to communicate to the larger general public that like, yeah, uh, Darth Vader is, is still a threat and probably something you can expect to see in this show without actually showing him in this teaser trailer. Also, Hayden Christensen has been cast for the show, and there's a press release out about it. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's not, but, it's yeah, not hidden, people, but there are people that don't, you know. That wouldn't follow that, yeah. Yeah. Um, still uh, very nervous about that and how how they're going to uh, make that not feel just like fan service. Um, how to... Uh, how to make it feel like a natural part of this story. Cause like what you showed me in this trailer, there was like no point where I was like, where's Vader? Like we need Vader here. Like I think what was shown in this story is feels or in this trailer feels like a, a story that doesn't necessarily need Vader. Um, but I, (sighs) It doesn't need Vader and Obi-Wan interacting. I think that's the that's the part where like like Vader can have a presence, Emperor can have a presence, like whatever. Like they can be giving the Inquisitors directions and whatever. Like I if (laughs) I still just don't know how this like lightsaber rematch thing is gonna work, and I don't I don't want it. But I'm also like, it's happening. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I feel like that's the to me, it's um, it's both the biggest I don't want to say cause for concern, but it's like the mm-hmm. the biggest opportunity for things to be like, ooh, I wish that hadn't happened or that didn't go the way I would have wanted it to go. Or, you know what I mean? It's like the worst mm-hmm. it's it's it it's it has the highest stakes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, but I think for that reason, I'm also like super excited about it because it could be like very emotional and it could be very like, you know, it, it, it could, it could be huge. Um, if it's just like a badass lightsaber fight, then like that sucks. Uh, well, it doesn't, it, 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 that could suck. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. but if it's like, we're really digging into the psyche of Obi-Wan Kenobi in this show and like the thing that's torturing him is what happened between him and Anakin, then, you know, actually having him cross paths with Anakin again is probably the, uh, if not a necessary outcome, at least a one that could be really rich in terms of the story that they tell about Obi-Wan, you know, phrasing it as the rematch of the century is not, doesn't really 
communicate it that way. <laughs> um, so hopefully that's more like the, the PR spin and not the genesis of, of how they interact with one another. I think, yeah. And I think, you know, as much as like, I, I deeply love revenge of the Sith and I deeply love this, the story between Anakin and Obi-Wan in that film. I don't love their lightsaber fight. Um, I think I agree about that on the show. I think I, what I wanted was something more like intimate and personal. And it's like them playing the floor is lava jumping from barrel to barrel. And it's like kind of ridiculous. And I think it like loses a lot of the a lot of the emotion until I mean until we get to like the the end of it I think is incredible like once once they're I mean higher higher ground meme aside um like I think that part of it is like what I what I wanted is like that just like raw emotion part of it but the part where they're just like jumping around on in front of a green screen is like it's kind of boring like to watch in a lot of ways. And I think it like kind of diminishes some of the emotion of it. So if they, you know, had a find a way to potential, I I don't want to say like redeem that, but rework that or recontextualize that um, and give like a different kind of, vibe to a physical con- conflict between the two um prior to a new hope i think that could be potentially cool and i think you know just from 90% of what we've seen here and what we know about you know deborah chow as a director and as a film visionary um from her work on mandalorian like i think she probably could pull that off yeah. and her crew um so i do have like some hope in that way yeah and i don't know if i can remind me if uh dave filoni's like involved in this show at all or not but um one way or another he probably has some <laughs> fingerprints on it right and um yeah i think he he um definitely could uh definitely does deserve some credit for some pretty restrained um and subtle uh lightsaber fights in even in the animated shows, I mean, obviously the the uh, Obi Wan Darth Maul confrontation, their their final fight comes to mind. But uh, even I'm thinking back to like I, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but like when Ahsoka and Anakin um, battle each other before she gets pulled into the world between worlds or whatever it is that happens in Rebels, I got to go back and watch it. But you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Um, yeah, where his fa- his mask gets cut in half or whatever. I, I don't remember that fight super super well, but I, I don't think there was like a prolonged like acrobati like you know just cool action fight between even ahsoka and and vader then i think like that was really focused on the story between them and obviously Mm -hmm. the obi-wan maul one and uh yeah i think like the the obi-wan maul one i think in particular yeah is like really good yeah yeah and it like and it kind of like and it kind of redeems what's maybe not the best story in the world (laughs) the of like you know maul's whole 
coming back in robot spider legs and mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. all that stuff which you know there's mo- there's moments that are cool um in the in the mall comeback but like generally it's kind of like well okay um and uh but i think that fight like really does give it like some closure and when i think about like the end of the mall story i'm not i'm thinking about that fight i'm not thinking about like all the hokey ridiculous stuff that happens kind of in the interim yeah yeah all right well almost bedtime for me um here in the midwest so probably better wrap the show up but um good to get uh get our initial thoughts here uh recorded on the day this all went down and um i think you know we'll uh We'll certainly be returning to the topic of Kenobi in the next couple of months here um, as we gear up for, for the show's release. So um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. All right, cool. So uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, <laughs> you can find previous episodes and uh, all the rest of the content we've uh, put together over at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, you can message the show at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or follow the show on Twitter at Blockade Run and uh, certainly can message us there. And Ryan, you are on Twitter at? Via Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. Okay, cool. So thanks again for listening and um, we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner Podcast. All the Republic. <laughs>